Welcome to Men Talk Ubuntu podcast. Our guest this episode is Winston Cunningham, a veteran who served 27 years in the armed forces. His lived experiences not only enabled him to overcome many situations and issues, it's also allowed him to help more importantly and serve other people with their problems as well. He's a qualified counselor with BA honors um, level four in counseling with a diploma in clinical in clinical counseling and a certificate in mentoring. He's part of many groups such as Be, Being Well Together, Mate in Mind, and the key worker uh, as, a, as a counselor. He's also involved in a lot of community efforts in and around Manchester. Winston is also a master and advocate of watching people grow, develop and cultivate whilst assisting them to work through their very difficult issues to enable them and gain their aspiration and inspiration to develop personal visions for success. Without further ado, I'd love to introduce you to Winston. How are you doing, Winston? I'm not too bad, thank you. Good evening. Excellent. Thank you very much for coming on with us today. But pleasure. Absolute pleasure. But before we get things started, I would love to ask, on a scale of one to ten, what's your mental health like and why? Um, what well, at the moment, at this moment in time? Yeah. Um, oh, possibly on a scale of one to ten, would be one being bad and ten being good. That's right. Okay, um, I would say maybe eight. Um, do you want to know why? Yeah, yeah, Is please. That, yeah, so, yeah um, only because uh, the role I do, um, I have clinical supervision once a month. So I um, work through that. I love my job, so, that, um, so it doesn't feel like work. Um, and I also have personal therapy once a month, which is mainly not necessarily because I've got anything that I need to go through, but because it helps me to, gives me the opportunity to talk about myself, where you can't do that with your counselling because um, you're dealing with clients all the time and you don't really have the time in supervision. So personal therapy just gives me the opportunity to talk about family, talk about me, talk about how things are going, just keeps me um, level, yeah, on the straight and balance for a better word. Amazing, amazing. And that goes beautifully into our topic today. Um, but first, uh, or, se or second, uh, you know, what we'd love to do, we'd love to hear and know, you know, your mental health story, how it, where it all began, and the origins of who you are as well. Okay. It'll be more the origins of who were, because I've, I've not really got a mental health story, because I didn't go into counselling because I um, because I had an issue or, or anything like that. So that's not what took me into counselling. Um, so I've not really had any mental health issues per se. Um, but uh, if I was to pick something that to say that um, if I had issues or anything that I'd deal with, it would be bereavement. Um, so, but, you know, going back, I lost my father about 40 nearly 50, 1982, so whatever years that is, 40 odd years ago, no, 50 odd, yeah, 40 odd, um, yeah, 40 odd years ago. So um, it, the bereavement, if anything, would be where, what I would class as what would bother me, if anything. Um, 
So going, yeah, history. Um, born, in, born in Birmingham, brought up in Bolton. Um, spent very little time. I don't really remember Birmingham. I was only small, so brought up in Bolton mainly for most of my life. Joined the Navy when I was 17 and a half. Um, did 22 years active service. Then I did five years in the careers service in the careers office in Manchester. Um, mainly because I just enjoyed working with people, wanted to help people to achieve what they wanted to achieve. So I then helped put people into the forces. Um, did that for five years, then I left. Um, then I went into working for a facility service company, doing training and development and managing. So I worked with quite a few hospitals, um, managing the cleaning staff. Um, were again experienced working with people doing human resource um training development um and whilst i was doing that i was also doing me counseling course of what, alongside it um just because when i i think it was when i was in the navy i did the introduction to counseling enjoyed it but couldn't finish it and then when i went into the um contract managing job um something happened I just thought I want to go back and do it again so I took it up again and then just carried on from there did that for a while uh left did that for 10 years 2014 I decided to give up my job where I was uh um on quite a decent salary company car um sort of doing reasonably well and I give that up to do me counseling to go part-time working for um, uh, an, an employment um, an employment uh, the AP I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to remember what the AA stands for uh, employment assisted programme so it's the AP company in Manchester so I went to work for them part time so I took a drop in pay from something like 35,000 down to 14 um, but, been, so, but it was what I wanted and it was what I wanted to do counselling and I've never looked back. I've done that since 2014. I started doing that. 2017, I went fully self-employed as a counsellor and became a supervisor. Um, did my degree when I was how old am I now? When I was 62. Um, and then I uh, just I thought I did it because I wanted, because I thought I can, just for the sake of it, not because I wanted the qualification. It's just that I just thought I want to do it. Um, and yeah, I've done a range of things. I work with a range of companies at the moment as a self-employed. I'm a supervisor, do mentoring, working in the universities. Recently got um, started working in schools, a couple of schools, counselling the children um, and working with some teachers. So yeah, do a range of things um, now. So yeah, that's me in a bit in a nutshell. Amazing, amazing. I was going one thing um, you said really, you know, stuck out for me when you spoke about, you know, bereavement and also the connection you had with your father. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, what was it like? So, for instance, the relationship you had with your father going from Birmingham to, to Bolton. Right. <laughs> yeah. OK, good point. Um, if, like I said, if anything, it would be the bereavement because my father was... When I went to, when we moved from Birmingham to Bolton, it was as a family. I've got two sisters and there's me and me, me. 
when we moved to Bolton, I was at seven. My father's separated from my mother. Um, so he, well, she, she left and he brought us up. So one, both sisters, one sister was fostered in Manchester. The other sister was went over to America with one of my dad's aunties, uh, cousins. Uh, I stayed with my dad. So he was very, he worked in um, as a mental health nurse in Bolton, in Townley. So he um, he was always working. So I never really saw him. I, I was brought up um, in isolation, for a better word. I was used to isolation because um, I never really, the only time I saw him was when he came in to have his tea, fall asleep and type of thing. And it was, I would be going to bed for school and so on. So then when I when I joined the Navy, started I I as I got older, I was starting to get to know him for a better way. I didn't really know him that well. I knew him, but not that well because I never saw him that much. When we did see each other, we would be traveling to Manchester to go and see my sister and so on. So um I've got connections uh with um my connection uh I suppose my um, what what's what link trigger um, uh, where I would say is is my love. I, I'm a I'm for my sins. I'm a Manchester City supporter, um, and my sister when she was fostered, um, the place that she used to be she used to live just at Main Road. So when you came out of the house, the out of the back gate, it was on the car park of Main Road. Um, so you could watch, you know, used to go on. So I used to go and stand and watch the match at three-quarter time when they used to open the gates. So I've always had an infinity with Manchester City from that point. And then as years have gone on, I'm now a season ticket holder. So Manchester City really means, when I think about City, it sort of links me back to my youth when I was sort of growing up. So, yeah, me, um, I was very much a loner because both sisters are away. Um, I was brought up with my dad um, and then when he died I was 21 um, and so if anything that I'd, although I find that quite I manage it but that pain doesn't go away um, and there's times like for instance when I when we I went through recently to the Everton game the last game of the season and because we got the League Cup, the, champion, the Premiership Cup, when, when, the, the, when I went, it was quite emotional for me because it brought back those memories. And it's things like that that trigger. But any other time, I've got a picture of him, I can look at it, it doesn't bother me. But then other times, I'll have triggers that will trigger that emotion. Um, and so, yeah, so I find, yeah, it, it's working with that. And I think that's what... Um, drove me to do what I do because my dad was a very people's person he always used to he, we had a big house in Bolton and he used to rent people used to come in over from the Windrush so people coming over from Jamaica a lot of people in Bolton knew, um, used to stop off it was like a safe house they used to come stop off until they could get their own place and then they'd go on so we always had people passing through the house all the time so he, he, he knew nearly half of Bolton West Indian wise um, and uh, he was very popular and very well-liked person. 
but he was a very much a people's person. And I think that's what I get from him, if that makes sense. It's something that I just enjoy doing. And so I enjoy working with people um, and helping them to achieve what they want to achieve. So it's just nice. I just, I don't feel it's work. I don't feel that I'm working. So, so yeah, my, my, uh, I was just getting to know my dad when I lost him. So I, I miss that. I miss that not being able to say to him, oh, look what I'm doing. Look at this, you know, look what I've got, you know, where, look what I've achieved. So, yeah. I think I've answered that one. <laughs> I, I, I think you've gone above and beyond in answering that one. <laughs> well, what a wonderful and rich history that you have. I think my first initial question was, you, you mentioned West Indian. What, what are the origins? Uh, Jamaica. Jamaica. Jamaica, yeah. Both my mum and my dad were from Jamaica. I was born here. Um, well, all of us was born here. My yeah. two sisters were born here. But me, yeah, my mum and dad had come over from Jamaica. St. Okay. Anne's, um, a booker in Jamaica. Fabulous. I mean, as you were describing your career history, I was initially struck by the thought that this is a lifetime of service pretty much from the get-go. Even when you're describing going into the Navy, that is a great service, you know, for the country and for everybody, when we, however anyone chooses to look at it. And when you then transition into all of the other roles, it's exactly the same. And to hear you then say that your father was a mental health nurse, it's like, ah, the apple fell close to the tree. <laughs> but it's, even that as a career, it's not something that we were often hear about uh men you know men of that generation necessarily being mental health nurses yeah. so it just shows how far back these things go mm -hmm. and the fact that you're there you're caring is just incredible i i was actually quite curious the navy almost seems out of place with everything else why the navy <laughs> I, I, I fell into the navy by accident um if i'm honest um because when I was at school, I was a little bit of, I never really paid attention. And uh, although I did okay in English and RE, I was rubbish at maths and other things, but I was always used to mess around and people used to say, Winston would do well if he didn't talk as much. Um, so uh, when I left school, I was going to go into Bolton College to do catering and catering was something I was interested in. And I was going to go into Bolton. I got into Bolton College to do catering, but my dad, couldn't afford um, all the equipment and the whites and everything else. So initially, before I did my GCSEs, I went to, the had, um, I want, wanted to try and get into the catering and some, I went to the Army Apprentice College in Arrogate to do the test. Um, and at the time, unfortunately, I don't know what it was. I, I mean, I, I used to be, I think, probably a little bit older for me years. But when I went and did the test, they turned around and told me that um, I didn't pass because I didn't pass the, the, for the Army Catering College because it was like apprenticeship. I didn't pass, for, but you could go in the tank regiment. Now, at that time, I thought, I'm not going to do that because I've not done me, I'm going to do my GCSEs and take my chances and go into college. But it's only later when I went into the careers office, I realized um, what they'd done. But at the time, you don't know. But, you, but And it was basically, it was more like, um, 
if you have so many people who, if you pass the test, so say they need 20 people and the test is 70, you have to pass over 70. Once they got the first 20 over 70, so you might have got 72, so you passed, but, oh, but they got 20 people and there were 74 upwards, they would take them first. And so even though you passed, because they've got all the ones that they needed, they'd say, sorry, you haven't passed, we've got the 20 we need. You, but they didn't tell you that, but the, you, you can go into the tank regiment. I thought, well, I don't want a tank regiment. So, so I, I didn't bother. So I went back to school. Well, when I told my dad very much, he was very much like the old school. And he said, but they said that you failed in English. And I said, dad, if they told me I failed in maths, I'd have accepted it. I said, but it's English, no way, because I used to love reading. My reading was my passion. So I said, no, not English. I said, I'm, I'm good at English. No, that, no, I'm not having that. So when I failed it, I thought, no, I went back and I did. Then I got me GCSE in English. So that sort of validated, verified or validated, validated is the word I'm looking for, validated my reasons for going. So then I, I couldn't afford to get the equipment. So now an next door neighbor um, said, suggested, says, well, why don't you try the Navy? I says, well, I didn't, I never really thought about it. So I thought, I'll go along. Took the, took the Navy test, passed it. When I went for my medical, they said, how come I see that you've applied for the Army at Catering Course, I guess. How come you didn't pass that? I said, well, I don't know. They told me that. They said, well, the Navy test is harder than the Army one. And I said, well, so that, that, at the time, I didn't say it didn't register. So I fell into the Navy by accident. So I went in, I thought, well, I'll go in and give it a couple of years, see how I go. Did three years. By the time I'd done three years, I think you had to sign up for nine at the time, and then you could leave. Nine, then if you sign on again at nine, you did 22. So I did nine, doing, doing the nine. By the time I'd done nine, I was married, had a, two children, got divorced. And I thought, just as I was about to come up for the nine, I got divorced and I thought, what's the point of leaving? now when what am i leaving for so i just signed on again and just carried on and just did just thought i might as well carry on and do the do the rest of it thoroughly enjoyed it because i traveled all over the country all over the world um i was equivalent to a sergeant major when i left um chief petty officer um and so that's why i went into the career service so then when i went to the career service that was more, like I say, helping people to, so we had to apply for that. We had to apply for an extra five years. So then I was going around to schools, doing careers conventions, talking to children, getting them interested in the Navy, all those type of things. And I just loved it. it were, you your, were you in your uniform? Yep. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need a picture of that. We yeah. Need <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I spent, yeah, it, it was, I, I just loved it. I did all the schools were in Bolton and Manchester because I covered the North. So I did quite a lot of schools in Manchester and Bolton. Um, even my old school, the school I went to um, when I was growing up. So yeah, it was good and putting people in the Navy and, and stuff and the, because that was what they wanted, the Royal Marines and the Navy. Um, so I did that. And that, that involved interviewing them um, and then if I, if I decided that they were going, it was everything. I did everything from interviewing them, um, doing all the uh, paperwork for them, doing the warrants and sending them off to join up. So, you know, if, if they didn't do well, you know, so you had to, 
judge them really and get the background. You had to, we did a, we had an interview sort of uh, routine and you talked about the background, the schooling, the, the orment, um, the hobbies, why they wanted to join the Navy and so on and so on. And you had to do all that with no, you couldn't take any notes, but then you had to write it all up afterwards and then decide whether you were going to put them in. So that was the reason, you know, so I just stayed in, just did it, did the five years in the careers office, loved it, but then thought I need to leave at some stage. And so, um, yeah, decided to leave um, and got, got a job. Initially in catering, I came out and did catering. I went and worked for Arrogate Ladies College for a year, catering as catering manager. And I did that for a year. And then I came over and did, did Bolton Arena for a while when um, tea, did a tea, tea party, for a better word, but when um, Tony Blair came up to do meet the Labour Party ministers and stuff in the Bolton, we, he came to the Bolton Arena, it was hosted in the Bolton Arena, so we had to do his tea, this tea party for him um, at the time. So I did, yeah, we had the um, rugby league team there, um, British rugby league team um, at the time with Brian Noble and stuff. So there was a lot of things I did. I did that for, I didn't do that for very long. I did it for about four or five months, the Bolton Arena catering. Then I left and did a, a range of other things. And I went to work for ISS, Facility Services, did that for 10 years. Yeah, 10 years I did it, I worked with them for. Um, Travelling all over the country, doing... I ended up um, doing catering, assessing, assessing, going round and assessing them, um, making sure that the food hygiene was right and, and so on. So we went around to school kitchens, um, RAF kitchens. We did a, a range of you know, stuff. So, yeah, there was a lot of things. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to Men Talk Ubuntu podcast and being a valued member of our community. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube Instagram and other social media now for access to our latest updates. DM us and let us know what your mental health is on a scale of one to five. Thank you. Obviously, that's a much richer answer than I was expecting. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say you love travel or something. <laughs> we were trying to get away. I I figured it might have been a rebellious streak or something else because no, I no. I feel like all of us, if if school or something, if we're I don't want to say the class clown, but if we're sort of acting up in that scenario, we tend to, for whatever reason, because I was drawn to the army and the Navy when I was in college, I didn't end up pursuing that. Someone sat down with me and really asked me about what I wanted to do, enjoyed doing all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So my life went a different way, but that felt very much like an option. And yeah, I mean, before I even jump into perhaps asking about it being a, a rite of passage, I just want to say dreams never die. Like you, you went after that catering, huh? <laughs> the college wouldn't let you do it, but you came back around in the end and you, you took control of your own destiny. And I was really just awestruck while listening to you because as you were describing these uh, different phases in your career and of course sharing something deeply personal that actually happened during your uh, navy career as well as we're hitting that nine-year mark it gives us some perspective whether we're young and say about to finish school or high school is coming to an end and we might be thinking about the next steps and 
often if you don't know and you know you're seeking structure you're seeking adventure and all these sorts of things that might be one avenue and it's the way that you went and we can see the absolute resilience that it takes to serve for that long for that period of time um, which we might get into we might not and the courage it takes to leave a whole career go into a completely different career thrive and flourish it sounds like you just throw yourself into it completely and just enjoy what you're actually doing that's your main focus it's never necessarily about the paycheck it's just am i adding value am i giving some service here and you know letting it go for all you can and sort of naturally going with the flow which it's it takes i think yeah an immense amount of courage a to step out as a young man and join the navy serve for that period to change into a completely different career that you hadn't you know <laughs> gone to for so long and to then transition again into a completely different career and let's not overlook that fact of doing your degree when you're 60 <laughs> yeah. like some people will be 30 or 40 and say it's too late for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like you yeah. said you didn't do it because it was for some sort of a accolade or accreditation necessarily it was because you can and probably because you were curious about the content and see if it would help you add more value and give better service for what you wanted to do it was more it was more um with the degree because i'd done the diploma uh, and got the diploma that's all i needed for my counseling but um I'd, i'd found something that i really was passionate about so I did the degree because it was the first time I didn't want to, as initially I was going to go into HR when I first left the Navy. And then that, then I thought, well, I'll do the diploma, do the certificate, which I did and the diploma, then do the diploma. And then, but I thought I didn't enjoy it. And I did a couple of other things. I thought I don't enjoy it. I'd done management courses whilst I was with ISS. I did the management diplomas. And then I thought, well, I don't want to do this because I don't want it. So when I went to do the counselling and I did the counselling diploma and I loved it, I thought, right, this is what I want to do my degree in. So I decided to do the degree just because I could, but not because I needed it for, because it's not really, when I did it, I did it five years after I'd, after I'd actually done my course, the diploma. And so I'd been working in counselling for a while by the time I did that. So when I did the, the, the degree, a lot of the stuff I did on the degree, I, I'm thinking, I've already done this. This is what I've been doing for the last five years. So everything was really just a reflection and, and, and consolidation of what I'd actually done. So I, it was, yeah, I, I did it because I could, not because I needed it. Amazing, amazing. And, you know, um, just to see the array of the whole journey you've gone through, you know, going into the Navy and the fact that the Navy, the Navy essentially is training you and preparing you not just for battle, but also um, preparing you for the battles you may have even within your mind without even you re- really realizing. And so uh, while you were you know, in the Navy, did you ever come across any situations that you know, um, at all kind of challenged you, triggered you because, you know, I'd really love to, to 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 kind of understand, you know, what it's like to kind of put myself in your or and, and the audience to kind of put your put ourselves in, in your shoes yeah. and know what it's like to wear your boots in, in yeah. that regard. I think it suited me for a better word, they've been in the Navy because I've grown up. If I I was thinking about that the other day, 
um, mm. when I was having personal therapy. If, if anything, I was very much a loner when I was growing up. I was isolated because, like I said, my dad was working and stuff. So I was very much on my own. Um, and then joining the Navy, although you're on board a ship with 180 odd people, um, you are very much on your own because the, the branch I went into with, with catering, I very quickly went through the ranks. So I, I didn't stay a chef for long. And as a chef, I was with everybody else. But once you become a caterer, you, it was very much, you, you had very limited caterers on board. So the caterers were, do all the catering accounting for that matter. So you, you, you make sure that the ship is fully stocked with all the food that it needs. You do all the accounting, you do the menus. So you don't do the actual cooking, but you do everything else with, with, with up to bringing, making sure the food's stored in the, you know, everything's on board the ship for the period you're going to be away and then bringing the food up for the chefs and the chefs cook it. So everything else is your responsibility, the, the, the accountability of it and everything. So when you go up the ranks, there's only one petty officer, petty officer is equivalent to a sergeant. There's only one petty officer on board a ship. There's only one chief petty officer on board a ship, caterer. So when you go from one ship to another, you go on your own. You don't go with a group of people. So when you join that ship, you join on your own, and then you've got to get to know people. You do 18 months on board that ship, then you leave, and you go to another place, and you start again, and so on and so on. So you're very much a loner as you go around your, your career, for a better word. So you meet acquaintances. I've got quite a few people I still keep in touch with, but they're acquaintances. They're not friends. The acquaintances look really, really well, well, I say not friends. I do have some friends, but I wouldn't, they're not close friends, you know what I mean? The, the acquaintances people I've known through that I've met and kept in touch with. So it is very, it is lonely. Um, and I think that's, so then coming out and doing the jobs that I've done, again, they've been where I, it's been on my own. I've been doing, you know, managing or whatever, but but then I, the way I operate in the navy, I used to get told off. It took me a while to get promoted up the ranks because I wouldn't shout at people because I used my, I would talk to people respectfully and ask them to do stuff. Well, that's not the right in the forces. You got to shout at people. Um, so when I moved, when I moved out, when I got, when I've got into any of my jobs as a manager, it's always treating people with respect and getting jobs done. So I've always been a people's person and that ends why I wanted to go into HR initially. But then um, let's say going into the roles I have done, I've just connected. I've always connected with people. And so that's just led me then into going into counseling where I'm interacting with people and doing on an individual basis. So yeah. So the challenges, I suppose, was going into places and getting used to people when you join somewhere for the first time and people either like you or they don't like you, but you're, you're doing the food for the ship, so you can't please everybody. Um, so people always used to blame me, but the caterer, if they, if they run out of steaks or if they didn't get this, you were the one that they'd come hunting for and, and complain about. So not only was... On a lot of the ships, I was the only black person um, on most, on a lot of the ships, but then I was also a caterer. So that made it doubly 
worse for for a better word you know you you were you had to be good at what you were doing you had to sort of stand up for yourself and be sort of um but yeah i mean i was always in that i never let it bother me i never let things bother me i just used to think i'll deal with it when it happens i'll you know yeah i'll just deal with that i'll deal with that if somebody upset me i'd tell them and then move on I love hearing that. I think the fact that you're in a confined space when you're on a ship and it's the ship has sailed, there's nothing you can do other than confront all these situations. Mm -hmm. And yet again, a lot of us probably don't always confront the situations yeah. that we're in. Whereas you, like say you're the only black man there sometimes and your position is quite unique and everyone's looking at you because food, women and money that's it like <laughs> not many yeah. things will kick off for men yeah. but those yeah. three things are are there and i i think it's also important to probably note there's a delicate balance when you're on a ship with everyone there you need everyone to support you because you can't have everyone hating you or you need you need to be having a good time because you're away for a long time yeah uh, so i can imagine how taxing that can be yeah. If if you're someone who lets it bother you, luckily, yeah. like you're saying, you yeah. sort of never let it bother you, which is fantastic to hear. Yeah, I mean, you did have times where it was difficult. Obviously, you know, there was times when you had to dig deep, but then it's it sort of having that sort of resilience where you question your ability, you question your self-esteem, you know, your your confidence, you know, am I right, am I wrong, or whatever. But a lot more times than not, I wouldn't, I'm very much a person, I'm very reflective rather than reactive. So I will reflect on something, then go and do something. So I used to sometimes think, rather than somebody stop, stood and shouted at me in, on the counter because they weren't happy because of the, what the food was. And I would stand there and I'd let them shout and rant and rave. And people would say, well, why don't you answer them back? I just, I just let them do what they want to do. Then I'd think about it. i think about how am I going to deal with this? And then I'd either get them late and say, I'll have a word with you and tell them, or I would go and see my boss and say, I'm not happy with that. That needs to be dealt with. And then we would deal with it. So I'd sort it, but I'd sort it in my way. I say there's a time and place. I think a lot of people, especially a lot of young men, wouldn't be in certain situations or incarcerated if they took an approach like that. Love it. Simple. Be reflective, not reactive when you can like that's that's again really powerful i'm also drawing a bit of a thread here between you described how when you were growing up you didn't really get to see your dad and obviously you then described that you had children and but you're also away for a lot of the time because you were in the serv services so how i don't know did you at the time reflect and perhaps think you're drawing parallels here did you want to try and do things differently or I don't know. Did, did yeah, possibly. Well, I don't know because I, when I with the um, with my children, because when I came home, obviously I spent I was there with them and spent time with them and and so on. But when I was away, like you say, when I was away, I was away. That was one of those things. But when I got divorced, they were down in Chatham in Kent, and so I and I was back up in Bolton. But I made a point of always going picking them up, seeing them. So I've always had that. Um, loyalty to them and gone and picked them up, brought them up and so on. Um, it wasn't so much that I didn't see me that it's just that it's because he was working, it's it just he, he 
it was just the way it was. It was the environment. He, he didn't have a choice. He had to bring the money in, keep the house going and so on. So he was working long hours and stuff. So we did have time together. And when we did, it was good. But I didn't have the time. It wasn't sort of... It wasn't natural. It wasn't. It, it was just. It was just. It was just what it was. It, it wasn't his fault. It was just the way things were, because um, he had changed careers. He, he, he when he first came over, he was working in the steel industry, and he was working somewhere else. And then he decided at thirty that he was changing careers to going to nursing, and he started his nursing career at thirty. And I always thought, said to myself, if he can start at thirty and be a staff nurse. By the time he was 40, 40, 10 years, he was a staff nurse. And I thought, if he can change careers at 30 and be a staff nurse, I'm wanting to be where he is before I'm 30, if that makes sense. Before, yeah. you know, if he can start at 30 and be where he can reach where he reached, I thought, well, I'm starting, I want to be. And I was, I was the chief petty officer by the time. I was 27. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was, it, I always looked up to him, you know, because even though he, he was the, the typical, um, how can I put, what's the word I'm looking for? Old school, West, you know, West Indian father. He was very much, didn't show his emotions, didn't show, he was very sort of quiet, very, he never told me he loved me, but I knew he did, if that makes sense. He never actually told me, but I knew it. I could see it, I could tell it by the way he acted with what he did. What he came down, I remember, we'll just, just to look up, so I'm just gonna throw this in, but I remember him traveling. I, when I passed out at HMS Rally down in Plymouth, when I finished my course, um he was working and he traveled and it was something like nine hours on the train so he traveled down from manchester down to plymouth to see me to pass out and he was only down for about 20 minutes because that's all he had and he had to travel back up that that to me that that meant you know yeah massive to me that was that i couldn't believe that he'd done it i, I said to him i wanted him to come down but i didn't know i didn't think he would because of the distance but that things like that he used to do. So I knew, I knew that he, you know, just his way he was, the way he acted. But he was very much um, man's man, you know, sort of didn't want to show his emotions or tell you um, anything. And I, yeah, I, I saw him cry once um, because I'd done something, and uh, it, that, I remember doing something, and I, I got. I got taken to the police station and he had to come pick me up and uh, he, he said why why because he used to give me money and whatever but I wanted money to go off for the day and my bike and whatever anyway I'm not going into that but he said <laughs> um, but he, he, he cried he just said why and it just tore me off for, and said don't do it again but when that, I just thought it's pride you understand I'd let him down and that was that was it I didn't need any more after that but that meant a lot, you know, to see that he, he, he was one of those people who kept it in. He, he, kept, he didn't show, he didn't show his emotions worse. I've, I've done it, but I, sometimes it's difficult, isn't it? As a man, you feel 
you, you, you don't feel as though you should. You feel it should be wrong. But I've done, with my son, I've cried many a time in front of him and I feel comfortable with it. But sometimes it, sometimes I think, should I be, you know, am I doing it too much? But I, I'm me, I'm just thinking, so I'm not going to hold back. I'm just going to be myself. If I feel it, there's times when I've felt it and I've just, you know, and it's happened. And I just thought, well, this is what it is. You know, why hide it? Let your feelings be, let it be organic. Hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating. Don't forget to follow, like, share and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Subscribe to our latest episode and listen to any you missed and tune in next episode. Take care.